Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. So we're going to continue our talk here on how your mind plays tricks on you. And the first week, we did some troubleshooting to find out what the problem really is. And then last week, we talked about how the way your mind works and how you now have the power to make choices. And the greatest gift that you have is your free will. And today, I want to talk to you about training your mind. I want to spend two weeks on this because this is where really the rubber meets the road is okay, how, do, how do we train our mind to really work and operate the way that God intended for us to to work and operate. Um, how many of you guys, God has already been downloading some things the last couple of weeks in your life? You've been, you've been getting some things in your life. So let's get to work. Um, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read two verses in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, it says this. Again, today we're going to focus on training your mind. The Bible says, Beloved friends, What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. It's not what you sing, it's your life that is a worship. Verse 2 is really where I want to spend some time on today. Is It says, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit through a total reformation, which is another word for transformation, of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Can you say amen? I want to... Um, <laughs> oh, man, you guys are funny. Um, I want to I begin today with a very important question for you, okay? Very important question. You ready? How do you squeeze your toothpaste? It's a very important question, because this question could bring some fights at home. Come on, how many OCD wives do we have in the house that you're like, I want to squeeze a certain way, right? And then when you have five kids in a house, that thing is all over the place. But... (laughs) There's a theology here of toothpaste. (laughs) The reason why I bring that up is because the scripture says here to not conform, right? What's interesting is there's a translation actually says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Because remember, when you squeeze a toothpaste, you're leaving an impression on that toothpaste. And depending on OCD you are, some of you, you go back and you're like... And then you put it where your, uh, your husband can see it. Like, this is how 
you squeeze. You guys are laughing because you do it. I know you do it. This is how you... Steve, this is how you... If you're a Steve in the house, I'm my bad. I just... First, first name that came to mind. But there, there is a, an impression on that too. Right? And if you think about it, that's what really scriptures are telling you here is that the way you're thinking right now is because something has squeezed you into that mold, into the way that you're thinking, into the way that you're acting. It comes from a certain place, right? And so he's saying here that once you know that Jesus now is your deliverer, you're going to be squeezed. question is, who are you allowing to squeeze you? Like all of us are being squeezed, right? Even the people are like, no one tells me what to do. It's like, yeah, that's what's squeezing you. No one's telling you what to do. That's the problem. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't caught on yet, you're the squeezer. <laughs> this is going to get weird. I can tell already. It's going it's to get weird. But you're thinking a certain way because you've been squeezed a certain way to think a certain way. There's a pattern there of thinking that leads to the life that you have today. Remember, the Bible says that as a man thinks, so he is. Right? So you, 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 you didn't arrive here by osmosis. You arrive here because you've been squeezed a certain way. Now, you have now the, the privilege and the opportunity to, to let the Lord be the one to mold you. The Lord be the one to really now squeeze you into his image and likeness. He says, I created you in my image and my likeness. I want to mold you a certain way. There's a certain way that I created you to operate. And, and if someone else is squeezing you, then you're never going to see the fullness of what I created you to be. Are you tracking so far? So he says, don't conform. In other words, you have to understand the word, the word world there is saying the philosophies and, 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 the, and the behaviors that are contrary to the will of God. Okay, so, so in other words, pop culture and manner of thinking that is rebellion against God, he's saying, I want you to resist that. Okay, I don't want you to go along with it, right? That's not how I created you, right? The problem is sometimes we just kind of go in along with life and we're not asking the question, who's squeezing me? Like, how did I get to this point? So bottom line is this, is that as, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we must think differently, Right? Now, it's one thing to say I must think differently, but the question is, how do I think differently is really what I want to get to today. It says here that it's, it's critical that I stop imitating those ideals and opinions of the culture around me, but I need to be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. So it's an inside job that God wants to do, right? Because, you know, I can put on a nice shirt and I feel pretty good, but then the shirt newness of the shirt kind of fades. You know, I need a newness of the heart, right? I need a transformation that sustains me for the long haul, right? I don't want to just be, you know, a certain way on Sunday. I want this thing to permeate my Monday, right? I want it to be in every area and aspect of my life. And only, that's only going to happen when I allow the Holy Spirit to really take root in my life and I'll begin to be the one to really motivate me and inspire me to the change that I want to see, right? Because here's the thing. You cannot force this thing on anyone. This is a willing desire to grow, right? This is why I tell people, there's a difference between religion and following Jesus. Following Jesus is a willing desire. Like, I want to, God. Because if you don't want to, no one's going to change you. Let's be real. Like, if we don't want to change, no one's going to change us. Right? If, if we're already made up our mind, then our mind's made up. And that's the power of your thinking. 
is that, hey, my mind's made up. But also, the beautiful thing is this. If I want to change, then my mind is made up to change. Does anybody have a made up mind today? I want God. I want his will for my life. If you're taking notes, the word, the word reformation here, the word transformation, is actually the word metamorphosis. Right? Metamorphosis is a powerful thing. You know, you remember science class when you would study certain animals, for example, like, like how do you get a butterfly? It starts with just a mere grub. It looks pretty disgusting. It looks like nothing, right? But give it enough time, that grub is going to go through a process of transformation. Metamorphosis will take place, and it becomes a beautiful butterfly, right? But sometimes the, the mistake that we make is we just see a grub, but God sees a butterfly, right? He says, just give it time, right? Allow the process to take place, and you will see the transformation come to pass, you know, that's what I love about the, the video that we did today with Stevie about showing you the old you versus the new me. Like the old him, you know, is just a little grub, you know. Um, and, and, and <laughs> I, I told you it was going to get weird today. But there was a butterfly in there, you know, that, that slowly but surely God is still developing. And the reality is this, my friends. I don't care how long you've been on this journey, there's always more. There's always more. The, the mistake that a lot of people make is they get used to church, but when you get used to church, you, you are stunting your own growth of what you could become. And what's interesting is when you read scriptures, the later in life, the greater is the transformation. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm getting more now out of life of 40 than I was getting at 20, than I was getting at 25. Sometimes I see teenagers, I'm like, oh, that's great. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Because some of you are like, oh, I wish I was back in high school. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I like 40 because I know myself way better at 40 than I knew when I was 25 or 23. It's amazing because when you're 23, you think you know everything. <laughs> like, some of y'all right now, he's like, I already know this. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me when you're 40, grub. So there is a process of metamorphosis that, that is taking place. And the beauty of this is, I think it's taking place in all of us. You know, I think what's cool is every three to six months, you should take a personal inventory to see, hey, how's that butterfly coming along? You know, and if you don't like butterfly, find another animal that goes through the metamorphosis. Because, you know, some of you guys are like, oh, butterfly. Um, I'll give you another one. No, I won't. My mind just played tricks on me. I'm moving on. Uh, We, we were going to do, we do a thing today, so I'll just let you in on this. I was going to do a thing where I was going to stop, I was going to drink some water, and I was going to let my thoughts talk to you from a, from a recording. Because, <laughs> because you'd be surprised how many conversations I have in my head. I just had one, and I was like, well, we're not, we're not, not touching that one. That's a little, that's a little crazy. Okay. So, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to move on. Look what the scripture says about this process of transformation, right? In Corinthians, it says this. So, all of us who have had the veil removed, which means all of us who have became, the start of the process of really understanding that Jesus has a plan for our lives, right? Can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, again, the, the inward spirit, right, makes us more and more like him. 
And we are changed into his glorious image. That's the goal. That we're getting changed to become more and more like him and to become more and more a reflection of his image. Right? That God created you in his image is the most awesome thing that you can ever hear. Right? And so that, that, that process, though, takes time. Just like it takes time to see a grub become a butterfly. But the beauty is to embrace that process. Right? If, you, if you're reading that book, I hope you are, um, she talks about how you now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you now have been equipped and you've been empowered to change anything you want to change. Think about that for a second. Because there's some things that we think we can't change. There's some things we're like, it is what it is. But it's like, no, he, she's saying, and the Spirit of God is saying that, no, through this process, anything could change. Anything could be transformed. And let me tell you this. Some of you, you have the power right now to break some things that's been in your family for a very long time. Like, that's the power that you have. There's been some things in your family that's been passed down to you that it's not necessarily a good thing. But if you embrace God's power, he can begin now to transform that thing. It could be vices. It could be addictions. It could be certain patterns of life. Maybe divorces run through your family. But guess what? You can say the buck stops here. The buck stops here. You know. Now, of course, this takes practice. We're talking about practice. Yes, we're talking about practice. Okay. Here's the thing. Write this down. Your mind is stronger than your body. Your body goes where your mind tells it. Like some people didn't come today because they let your body dictate their mind. But they didn't know that the secret is actually your mind dictates your body. Right? You cannot control circumstances, but you can control your reaction to any circumstance that you face. You don't have to be a victim to circumstances. The reality is this, is that Jesus was honest with us. He says, in this world, man, you're going to have crazy circumstances. You're going to have them. You just can't, you can't help them. If you're looking for, you know, a, a perfect life that nothing goes wrong, you're looking for heaven, and we're not there yet, okay? But the reality is this, that you cannot be a victim to your circumstances if you don't want to. Are you tracking? So Jesus says this. It's a really powerful thing, okay, about focus, okay? It, it's going to take focus. This thing is not just going to fall in your lap. If you just come to church and you think, oh, I came, that's half the battle, the other half is to focus and to really zero in on what God is trying to say to you and then to run with it. Here's what Jesus says about focus, right? This takes serious focus if you really want the will of God. This is not, you know, I came to church, I did a religious thing. That's okay for some people, but I think we don't want just to go to church and do a religious thing. I think we want God's will. Can you say amen? So here's what Jesus says about this focus. Look, he says you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. It's a tight squeeze, y'all. Remember toothpaste, how you squeeze it? Okay. The, the highway to hell is broad. In other words, if you, if you, listen, remember what I told you. Hell is not necessarily a place. It's a state of mind. Okay. So the way you're thinking right now could be a broad way of thinking. So he's, he, basically what Jesus is saying is you can live on earth with a heaven perspective or you can live on earth with a hell perspective. Because hell is not this place with the sky with that pitchfork and all that stuff. That's, that's not the reality of hell. The reality of hell is to live a life that's absence of God's will. 
That's the reality, right? He's saying that you, that's easy to do. In other words, he's saying just get up and do you. That's hell. Basically. Okay. The highway to hell is broad. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Remember, it comes down to choices. Okay. Even hell is a choice. You ever thought about that? Like God is so good and, and he gave you free will that he respects your free will. He can't force you into heaven. A lot of times you hear people say, how can a loving God send people to hell? How can a loving God force people to go to heaven? Think about it. It doesn't make sense. So if, if it's free, it's got to be free all the way. Right? So this is the reality of that. His gates is wide for the many who choose that way. But, I love buts in the Bible because there's always a transition. There's a better way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a, a few ever find it. In other words... Man, it's a tight squeeze. If I want God to really mold me into his image and likeness, then I must be willing to choose the straight and narrow road. Right? Where I grew up, there was, a, there was a lot of places where, man, in order to go from one place to another, you have to go into this really tight, narrow road where it's only one person at a time. They can go through this thing. We call this place is Beku. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like a little hole that you can got to go through. And if you get caught up in that hole by the wrong person, you're in trouble. You know, cave verdians. Um, but Jesus is saying it's, it's a tight squeeze for those who want it. Now, here's the thing. When I say that, I know a lot of our reactions is, oh, man, this is so hard and so difficult. But no, not necessarily. If your mind is made up, it's not hard. The problem is when we have double-minded. And the Bible says when you're double-minded, you don't get anything. Because one day you're you focused on the narrow, and the next day you're like, oh, broad sounds good. Come on, talk to me. So this is why this thing takes daily discipline, that I really want this, right? And I'm choosing this. And when I say, Lord, I'm choosing this, then he's like, okay, I, I can activate my spirit to empower you now to live the life I've created you to live. But it's going to be a tight squeeze, right? But I hope starting tomorrow morning or tonight, when you go to your bathroom, to brush your teeth that you remember, who's squeezing me, though? I hope that stays ingrained in you. I pray, Lord, let that image be ingrained in every person in this room that when they're about to make a decision, they remember someone's squeezing me. I'd rather let the Holy Spirit be the one to squeeze me. It takes focus. So in order for us to really attain this, my friends, um, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but I'm going to. <laughs> there's some things you've got to stop doing. It's just, it's just, there's no way around it. Right? There's some things that just will not do if I want the will of God. Right? First thing that I would encourage you to do, it takes focus to do this, is you've got to stop with the negative self-talk. Because that's a way, that's already a way halfway to not doing the will of God. Because negative self-prophecy is prophecy. Right? So we got to start there. God doesn't make mistakes. You're not a mistake. You make mistakes, but you're not a mistake. It's a difference. Okay? So we got to stop with the negative self-talk. It's so easy to get down on yourself. Isn't it, some, isn't it amazing sometimes how quickly we are to encourage someone else, but then we beat up ourselves? Well, that needs to stop. 
Okay? It needs to stop if we're going to be who God created us. Because remember, every impression is squeezing you. Every time you're saying something like, listen, here's a couple of things we can stop saying. I am not dot, 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 fill in the blanks. Or I will never. Well, guess what? You won't. We need to start right there. I'm telling you, one thing that I pray we get rid of in the church is false humility. Okay? It's not getting us anywhere but backwards. The only person that agrees with you is the other guy. So, so it's, it's critical that I start to think about my vocabulary because it, it is an impression on the brain. Remember, your brain doesn't know good from bad. Your brain just knows impressions and the things that you're letting to squeeze your mind. So how about say things like, I am who I am by the grace of God. How about, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How about, I'm not a victim, but I'm a victor. How about, I am more than a conqueror through Christ who gives me the strength. You know, how about we speak life? And while we're at it, how about stop saying negative things about New Bedford? We're trying to change it. We're trying to change it. You know, how about saying like, God, you're about to put the new in New Bedford. Right? Did you know that New Bedford used to be one of the wealthiest cities in the nation? How about we say, God, bring that back. Bring prosperity back. Bring jobs back. There's power in your words. Here's the other thing. You, you, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but you need to stop doing this. <laughs> Do your best to avoid toxic people. There's a, listen, I hope we catch this because we have selective hearing. I hope we catch this fully. We're called to reach people, right? But don't let them reach you. There's a difference. Right? I cannot reach you if you're, you're one reaching me. Right? If you're the one influencing me, then I'm not the one that's reaching you. And he clearly says, don't let the world squeeze you into his mold. Right? How does the world squeeze you into his mold? Through relationships. Right? All of a sudden, you, you, you're walking with the Lord, and we see this a lot. And then all of a sudden, you start hanging around that same spot that used to be toxic for you. And now, next thing you know, you're agreeing with them as opposed to agreeing with what God says about you. That's a problem. You know, so we need to avoid toxic people. Listen, Jesus said, reach them, but don't let them reach you. Right? And if you're not rooted and grounded in God's word, then you be, you're on shaky ground. Anybody can influence you. I'm amazed at how quickly people get influenced by not coming back to church. By people who are not doing well with their lives. That blows my mind. It's like, couldn't you just stop and consider the fruits of that person? And say, is that what I want for myself? So that person knows more about what I should be doing with my life. Because that person maybe had a bad experience that he never dealt with. He hasn't really allowed the Holy Spirit to, to minister to him. So all of a sudden, we're going to allow that, those people to dictate how we're going to do church and how we're going to live our lives. Come on, the devil's a liar. We need to start saying no to those things. Avoid toxic environments. There are some environments that are not for you. I remember one time there was, there was a man who said he wanted to give up drinking. But he, he always went to hang out at a bar. How many know that's, that's an equation for destruction? 
I don't care how much you say I don't want to drink, but you're hanging out where they drink. What's going to happen sooner or later? You're going to get the whole bar saved? If you do, that would be awesome. But in my experience, nine out of ten times, you're drinking again. Right? And, and, and I believe this. When you are focused, guess what? Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I know this in my own house. My father struggled with drinking. Today, my dad is one of the greatest miracles that I know in my life. Nothing is impossible. But I know he did it by not going back to a bar. <laughs> I know he did it by not hanging out with some people. But guess what? He got his, his faith strong. He got his faith rooted. And today, they're the ones that come to him. He doesn't go to them. Like, he reaches them. Okay? That's the point, my friends. We're supposed to stand out. But we're not going to stand out if we keep blending in. So avoid toxic people. Avoid toxic environments. You know, sometimes the toxic environment is on your phone. You don't have to go anywhere anymore to be in toxic environments. All you got to do is open your Facebook. I just went back to Facebook this week after three months, and I'm like, why am I doing this? I already regret it. It's only been a day. (laughs) And honestly, I do it for ministry. I'm trying to help people, but the other stuff is like, whatever. Like, what's the point? So listen, if, if you know where the toxic is, avoid it. Some of y'all shouldn't have a Facebook. Shouldn't. I'm just saying. I'm telling you, you, you would be so further along in your development of God's will for you. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but I will. Um, please write this down. You don't get what you don't aim at. If, you don't, if you're not aiming at something, you, you have no focus, which I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks. Your brain needs goals. It needs dreams. It needs something to aspire to. Because he who aims at nothing hits it every time. You know why some people always are in trouble? Because they never aim. Jesus said this. He said, seek and you will find. That's a focus. Knock and the door will be open. That's a focus. That's like, man, I have a focus. I have a drive. I have something I need to do. And I'm not going to let anything just get in the way of that. I love this reflection by the psalmist, right? Psalm 94, I love this. He said, he said this, Whenever my busy thoughts were out of control, the soothing comfort of your presence calmed me down and overwhelmed me with delight. How cool is that? In other words, whenever I find myself in that chaotic chaos of life, it's time to go focus with the Lord. And we all need it. I remember I used to work in a group home for troubled teens, ages 15 to 20. And, uh, and there were days that the place would be so toxic. You know what I would do? I would take bathroom breaks to pray. I would go in the bathroom, close the door, put the toilet seat down, and say, Holy Spirit, I'm losing my mind here. With honest prayers. Lord, I'm about to lay hands on people the wrong way. <laughs> oh, am I the only one? So right now, I need you to do this. 
I need your presence to bring me back to focus because I'm here to reach them, not let them reach me. We all need those bathroom breaks. Y'all take them for no reason anyways. I'm giving you purpose. Even in the bathroom, focus. Focus. Go in the bathroom, take two minutes, and, and, and invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm losing it right now. These kids are about to make me go there. Because here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. If I don't do that, you know what, what you do? You reach out to other things. You reach the bottle, you reach the needle, you make a phone call, you DM someone. The problem is those are all dead-end streets. It's never going to get you to where you want to be. And we all know it, but we think this time is going to work, but it never works. It's a dead-end street. Every time. So I'm going to... I'm gonna, get practical here, because I like the messages to be practical, we all can do this, we all can go home and do this, is I believe this with all my heart, training your mind comes down to your daily routine, and I want to give you some practical things about your daily routine that I think can really affect the way you're living for the better. So if you're ready, this, it's, it's five things that I want to share with you real quick. Number one is start your day with God. I believe this. My wife will tell you this. I believe the first five minutes of your day is probably the most sacred moments of your day. I believe it shapes the rest of your day. The problem is we get up, we don't, we don't, we don't stop, and we kind of run with whatever emotions comes. And then you end up having a bad day for no reason. You'd be surprised how many people have a bad day. They have no idea why. They're just having a bad day. How about we... Get a focus and say, no, I refuse to have a bad day. Now, of course, you're going to have moments, circumstances that are out of your control. But the more you are focused, the less those things will take you out of your focus. So five minutes, my friends, that's all you need. Five minutes, the first thing to do in the morning, no matter how, you know, groggy you feel and unsafe you feel. Just start by saying, God, thank you. I woke up. Someone didn't. I did. Which means, that means that you have something for me today. And, and then utilize this thing for your good. There's a Bible app on this thing. Every day gives you a verse of the day. It's a greater way to start your day. Just go there and say, Lord, let this verse of the day be my focus. You know what I do? I'll read it and then I'll hit the, if the verse is good, the chapter must be amazing. Read the whole chapter. And let your mind begin to apprehend the will of God for you for that day. You'll be surprised throughout the day. Things are going to happen. It's going to bring you back to that verse. People are going to talk to you and that verse is going to be what you need to share with them. There's another app if you want to go further. There's an app. It's called The First Five. It's basically how do you spend your first five minutes with the Lord. It's about being intentional, my friends. We have the tools. I don't believe in the, you know, some people say, you know, technology of the devil. I don't believe that. I believe technology is a tool that could be used for good or bad. It's only up to us. We use technology, as you guys know, all the time. I believe if these Bible writers were here today, they will use it to spread the gospel. 
So it's up to you how you want to use it. It could be an instrument that leads you astray because broad is the way to hell, or it could be an instrument that leads you to the straight and narrow. That's a choice we all have to make. But start with the Lord, just five minutes. It's not about the quantity of time as it is about the quality of time. Because I don't know about you guys, I've done this. I've read the Bible some days that I'm like, I don't know what I just read. (laughs) So start with Jesus. It's the best way to start your day. Second thing is this. Select your playlist. They say this, and science has proven this, one of the best ways to shape your brain is through music. Music is a powerful instrument. Plato one time said this. Plato said, if you want to get a message across to the world, put it through a song. So if that's true, I want to be selective about what is playing in my ears. Why? Because my ears are the gateway to my soul. So I don't want just any drunk in there. Right? I want to be selective about my playlist. I have a playlist on Spotify called The Sauce. It's all my favorite worship songs. It's where I go to when I need to be with the Lord. It's where I go to when I'm studying. It's where I go to when I'm, I need that moment with Him. I highly encourage you, get a playlist for your life. I believe this, worship music is the playlist for your soul. If someone was to do a movie about you, I hope the playlist is amazing. It's all songs that demonstrate who you are. Select, be wise about your playlist. Now, I don't, I'm not saying again that secular music is, is evil and all. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I need to focus. And usually, what is in my ear gets into my heart. Right? So I want my ears to be the gateway that's going to inspire my soul. Can you say amen? And then the third thing is this. Affirm yourself. I really have gravitated to this concept of just one thing. Today, I will get better by 1%. Imagine every day you get up and you say, Today, Lord, with the help of your Holy Spirit, I'm going to get better by 1%. Because when do we usually get discouraged? We get discouraged when we feel like we're not making progress. But here's the thing. You don't have to hit a home run every day. You just need to hit a base hit. Sometimes going from first to second base, that's a good day. Okay? So affirm yourself. I will talk about this later maybe next week or the week after, but like all of us need to have the words of affirmation that we use over ourselves on a regular basis. I think God's love language is quality time. You know, words of affirmation, that's for you. That's why he speaks over you. Uh, He says, I need to affirm you. I need to encourage you. That's why in this church, we don't believe in beating you up. We believe in building you up. We got to build you up. Some churches love to beat people up. One time someone said to me, how come you don't preach more about hell? I'm like, you think people already don't know? So I'm going to just remind them of what they already know. They already feel guilty, condemned, dumb. And it's like, okay, here's one more guy reminding you how bad you are. It's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm going to do what God did for me. He affirms me. It encourages me. It blesses me. And I think that's borderline psychopathic to want to talk about hell all the time. I think that's kind of weird. Like, what's wrong with there? All you think about is hell. Some people, all they think about is bad. 
It's like, where is Vup there? That's, that's a talk for another time. Why are some Christians always so negative? Well, I'm on today's positive day. <laughs> but have words of, listen, words of affirmation for me is, it's what I read here. When I read it, you know what I do? I say, okay, now let me personalize it. Here's what you said about me, Lord. So I'm going to speak that over me. I'm going to speak that over my day. And I'm going to believe that you're with me every step of the way. Amen. Next thing is quality time with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to pray for an hour. But you need at least 10 minutes every day. 10 minutes. They say this, 10 minutes. It's all you need to create the right groove patterns in your, in your brain every day. That five minutes in the morning, that's just to set your day up. But throughout the day, you should have a moment where you're like, I need to spend some time and let the Holy Spirit mold me and shape me. You know, when we, um, when we first got married, we had kids right away. And we lived in a one-bedroom apartment with two little ones. Hello, somebody. And you know what I used to do this? Quality time with the Holy Spirit in the bathtub. I would sit in the bathtub. I would put the fan thing on so I don't hear the kids outside. And I'd say, Holy Spirit, this is all I got right now. You better come speak to me because these kids are blessing my life. And I need you. Why do I say that? Because sometimes we say we don't have the time. No, no, no. Here's the thing. You can't afford to not spend time with the Holy Spirit. Just can't afford because I know when we don't spend time with the Holy Spirit it's not just you that suffers your whole family and your company and the people that sees you you're like yo you were you were nice to me yesterday spend time with the Holy Spirit just 10 minutes every day and the last thing is this feed your brain well okay I need you to hear me on this as I wrap up. I believe you need time to relax. I, I believe you, have, you need time to just, just chill. But even in relaxing, you can be smart about the choices of what goes in. I like to watch things that's going to actually edify me. I love documentaries because I feel like I'm learning as I'm relaxing. Even movies. Like, if I'm going to watch a movie, I want to watch a movie that's got a purpose to it. That's actually going to help me. I'm not saying that all the time. I'm saying is be smart about what goes into your brain. Because it, it's, it's not like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying you're going to see something you're going to do. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it's what's feeding you. It's like eating junk food. We know where that goes. Y'all don't eat junk food? You know it's quicker to McDonald's on that particular day when you're busy, but you know exactly the results of that McDonald's in 10 minutes for me. I don't know about you guys. It's 10 minutes. That's all it takes. So you you get what I'm saying? Let's pray. Let's just pray. I told you it was going to get weird today. Let's just pray. 
Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.